Welcome everybody to MCU on repeat. I think that's the name. That should be the name. I am sure is one and a half of your host, uh, Ty, and here with me, as always, going forward, is Blaine. How's it going, everybody? Today, actually, uh, you know, before we even talk about Spider-Man, talk about like why we did this or why we're doing this. Because if y'all didn't know, a little movie like a month ago came out called No Way Home, and I was inspired to finally do an MCU podcast. I feel like I've done every podcast but uh, Marvel up to this point. Oh my God, my kid is just belching in the background. <laughs> he's he's in I a mean... hyperactive mood. <laughs> Yeah, but your kid's a real cute kid. You show me some pictures, and I've seen some pictures online that you've, you've shared, and I'm like, you know, he's got that little Spider-Man plushie from when he was sick or whatever. I thought that was really dope. <laughs> well, it's funny because um, it came to a point where um, I feel like we're going to go everywhere this episode. Um, I, I felt like at a point when it came Christmas time, we were all sick, and so I never got him a present, and... I, we were watching, I think it was, I think it was Spider-Man 2 one day, and he was just like, he was, he pointed at the screen and he was cheering every time Spider-Man was swinging, and I thought that was peculiar because he wasn't a Spider-Man kid, like he just happened he to, now. yeah, he happened to just fall into, you know, uh, Spider-Man's lap, and then I was like, man, <laughs> maybe I can get a Spider-Man plushie, because he has a million of them, he has a million Grogu's, we have the Grogu that looks good. We have the crackhead Grogu that looks bad, and then and we call him crackhead Grogu, and then we have giant Grogu <laughs> who looks yeah. like crackhead Grogu but bigger. And <laughs> I was trying to find out and see like a plushie on Amazon that would get here on Christmas Day or something, and it would come in like a week later. But like when I gave it to him, like that's what he sleeps with now. He won't go anywhere without it. So when we watched Spider Man last night, of course he had a Spider Man plushie. With him, Hell so. yeah! I can't wait for him to see No Way Home. He's gonna freak out. Well, yeah, because that movie is damn near a cinematic masterpiece. All right, it, it it does what the Rise of Skywalker tried to do. Oh man, we're it, not gonna do that. <laughs> it is the fan service movie, but it does it right, in my opinion. Like it, it wasn't trying to. Endlessly like fix people's issues with the last one. I mean, if it did, I didn't notice it because I like Far From Home. I, I don't. I don't. You know what? We'll talk about Homecoming when we get there. Uh, but, but like, I love Homecoming. I, I, it is my it is my least favorite Spider Man movie. But we'll talk about it more when we get to that point. Um, but like, it's it's the fan service movie that everyone love like i rarely see like hate for it and or or like people forgetting about uh the, the spider-man no way home it, it's now freaking february 5th as we're recording this and it, that movie it, it's still being talked about online not like when i saw star wars opening day and i talked about it with my friends for a solid maybe week and then all of a sudden we just stopped talking about it I'm so glad I wasn't on Twitter when that movie dropped. Like I'm so ha- oh I'm God. so happy that I wasn't on Twitter for um pretty much any of the sequels cuz I I mean I I only came on Twitter for like the Snyderverse and stuff like that. So Yeah. Cuz I didn't even know I, that was a thing. <laughs> but this is Spider-Man we're talking about. We're not talking about Star Wars anymore. True. 
Uh, I don't know if we could swear, but screw it. Yeah, I mean, listen, I love the Rise of Skywalker, and you're not going to meet too many people to say that, and that's perfectly fine. I don't, I don't really care what other people think, and I guess we'll keep it like somewhat PG uh, on this show. I guess I don't know unless something pops up where it's not PG. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But here, here, I love the Rise of Skywalker, and I think the um, symptom with the MCU right now as opposed to Star Wars, is I think the MCU is just doing fan service more organically than yeah. not. And I think that's that's the biggest issue that some people are having right now. It's like, well, Book of Boba Fett, you know, yeah. here's Luke, here's Ahsoka, here's Cad Bane, but, you know, there's, there's really no Boba Fett. And it's not that we're, like, a lot of people are complaining that there's no Boba Fett. It's mainly that there's no organic through line for Boba Fett this season because there really isn't. And I think the MCU and something that we're going to discuss when it comes to the Spider-Man movie and the MCU movies proper later down the line is how the MCU has kind of organically earned the fans trust and the moviegoers trust so they can literally do whatever. If Multiverse of Madness, if they get like John Krasinski to be Mr. Fantastic for literally five seconds, they've earned that. You know, if they get oh yeah, big time. If they get Patrick Stewart to play Mister um, uh, uh, Professor X for like a second, they've earned that. They've earned the right to literally do whatever. Ben Affleck is Daredevil. Like they have earned that because I mean, nobody's not going to sit here and say, "Oh well, you know, No Way Home was just made for fan service purposes." It's like yes and no, but you know, Tom Holland Spider Man is now the Spider Man. You know, it, he, it, he is. It has a through line. Yeah, he he's definitely grown into the character, and again, we'll we'll most definitely talk about that when we get to to his solo movies. But today, today we got to talk about the OG big screen hero Tobey Maguire. All right, like oh my god, yeah, we got to. <laughs> uh, be- before we get started, I mean, we're gonna just chat about this until we organically run out. How did you stumble upon uh, Tobey Maguire Spider Man, the Spider Man, the Raimi? Versus it's now being called. I, I just grew up watching. I don't even know how I got. I don't, I don't remember how I got into superheroes as a kid. It might have been through friends. It might have been just to shut me up as a kid. But like I grew up with the uh, the animated show from the, from the nineties, um, with uh, Christopher Daniel Barnes voicing him, and uh, I just love Spider Man. Ever since, um, I started reading the comics as a kid. We had a, I got like a, the Happy Birthday trilogy set. It was like the 500th issue of Amazing Spider-Man, and like that's what my parents. That was my first comic book that I ever got, and I still have it. And it, it's just, um, <clears throat> but that it just sparked from there. Um, <clears throat> Spider-Man has become my all-time favorite superhero, and. I just love it. So when there was a movie came, that came out, my my parents, I didn't. I was too young to go see it in the theaters. I think um, I was like maybe four or five when it came out. Uh, but my parents got it for me when it came out on home release. I had I had the VHS and I watched that thing like nonstop. And that's just how I fell in love with this version of Spider Man. That was a bit of a ramble. I think. I apologize, but no. 
No, you're good. Like your your journey's gonna be a little bit different than everybody's. Like mine, I was I was dirt poor and so whenever any movie came out in the theater, I just couldn't watch it. Like it was automatically off the table. The only movie I remember actually watching up like growing up and watching that wasn't like matinee was The Dark Knight. Um but what we would usually do is we'd wait three or four months and we'd go to the mall and they would have one dollar matinees yeah. and then you would and then you just go in and watch it. And I never got to watch Spider Man in theaters, period. Not until the very first Amazing Spider Man movie. So that was kinda why my feelings on the movie are so personal. Same for the Amazing Spider Man too, but I had a very, very different reaction. Right. In the theater. Um, but these movies, I don't remember how I watched them. I remember getting started when Spider-Man 3 was coming out. Because at the time, I watched the anime and uh, the animated show. And I played the original video games. And Venom was like the it character for me. And Oh, yeah. Th- Venom is my all-time favorite Marvel character. But Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. Like, Venom, I consider that, that anti-hero status. He... He does good, but he also is a bad guy that they keep flip-flopping around in the comics. But it's just something wholesome about Spider-Man. And their two stories coming together with, like, the Carnage storyline. Yeah. Like, you, you know, that that's, like, one of my favorite storylines of all time. So when they were like, oh, we're going to have Venom in this, I'm like, I am into this right now. Let's oh, yeah. do this. and. And then I went back and watched them all, and then I watched Spider-Man 3, and then I was kind of like, well, you know. And as a kid, I don't know. It's like it's like this religious experience watching the Raimi films because prior to that, all you had were Batman 1989. You had the Christopher Reeve Superman movies. You had, like, superhero movies, but you didn't have this, something that, like, took the campiness and tried to make it personal and human, something that tried to turn comic book movies over to the new millennium. Right. And so, like, and then you had this, you had Fantastic Four, you had The Dark Knight. I mean, Batman Begins came out in 05. So, like, this helped kickstart, like, a new interest in comic book movies just in general. Speaking of kickstarting, did you know that this is the first movie to pioneer that flipping comic book intro for the Marvel at the beginning? Yes. Yeah. I actually did know that. That's probably one of the only facts I'll know about <laughs> these trilogies. Fun, fun fact, I have ADHD, so uh, it's like a new life experience every three years re-watching <laughs> these movies because I don't remember any of it. And um, the behind-the-scenes stuff, I'm sure Blaine will like tatter in about it, but I, I'll honestly not remember anything about it. So I <laughs> I haven't watched the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, in, in recent months. Um, it's been a... Very long time since I watched that behind the scenes footage on on things, but um, I just really loved watching like all the costuming design, um, because this this movie has one of the most purest translations of a of a comic book character's costume that we've seen since <laughs> forever. You know, like yeah, this suit the suit is just. I I love this first Spider-Man suit so much. Like I I think I prefer it over the the small changes that they make for the the sequels. Um it's it's got that small logo on the front. It's got the big fat 
red spider on the back. I mean, it's very it's very movie stylized, but it's just it's so so good and I love it. And like <laughs> just watching them like piece it together and they they cut the webbing out of out of like with laser they laser cut the webbing out of urethane and they glued it on the suit and watching all the iterations like the the original mask could they concepted it like there was going to be like a motorcycle type helmet that like split down the middle for at one point but then they got the cloth Jesus. mask to work yeah it would have been that would have been really bad but like they got the cloth mask to work and then they they had like the original like test suit that they did like if you've watched anything they had like very very like Todd McFarlane style eyes um where they were they weren't as angular as they are in the Raimi movies but they're like they're 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 just very Todd McFarlane-esque from the comics um i think that would have been kind of cool it's very more form fit they didn't have like the muscle suit underneath and i kind of like that he's very cuz Tobey Maguire he bulked up for this movie he did like a very strict like five month, uh, like high protein, uh, martial arts heavy weight and and some other training, uh, to to get in shape for this movie, um, but the he, the way he looks in the suit without the the muscle padding underneath, I, I it looks he still looks really good, like regardless, um, oh see see I think the more we talk about. Um, the costume, like as it pertains to the movie, I'm under the assumption that this is probably my least favorite live action Spider-Man suit. Um, just because of all the reasons that you just like said, actually, like um, you said that it was form fitting and, you know, there are, there are a couple of scenes in, in this movie where he like jumps up and you can see the form fit and I'm like, ah, oh, man, Spider-Man is not that scrawny high school kid anymore. I don't know. I prefer the the Amazing Spider-Man 2 suit. And, As you uh, should. That movie is yeah. per- almost perfect. Oh, man. oh, it's beautiful. And the end of No Way Home, which I hope we see more of that suit, we should. But um, I think those two are just absolute wow, peak chef's kiss. Well, yeah. Uh, but I do think by Spider-Man three, like I prefer it a whole lot more. Like I definitely like the black suit, even though um, they could have just used the symbiote suit. But you know, ah, it is, uh, it is we'll get it to is. that when we get. To... <laughs> uh, all right, did we yeah, dive into I this? Think we, I think we already started, but let's keep going. <laughs> Spider-Man two thousand and two had a budget of one hundred and thirty-nine million with a box office of eight hundred and twenty-five million. Which I is think bananas. it was in the Guinness Book of That's... World Records too for like the first, like it has like the highest box office for like an opening weekend or opening day or something like that. For the time. yeah, it was pretty high. It was like a hundred something million. Um, I I contemplated whether or not to write that down, and I wound up not doing it. So shame on me. But it did have a very very high um opening weekend. Uh, let's see. Uh, the score on Rotten Tomatoes, 90% from critics. Now, I, take, I, d- I don't care about Rotten Tomatoes, but it's there just to be there. I prefer looking at, like, the audience score more than I do the the uh, the critic score because, I mean, art is subjective, but critics are paid. Well, I mean, they, audience. they get paid to not like things necessarily, you yeah, know? And, and the audience is more like, you know, you and me. Like, what did you think about the movie? You get your, like, your opinions. But, I mean, some of them, I'm not saying it for a lot of them, but, like, some people just like 
to like troll and stuff and like you gotta like skim past those but like other than that like the audience score is something i'll look at a little bit at least see what see what the general consensus is oh yeah you just gotta stay off twitter so uh <laughs> big time uh the the critic score on rotten tomatoes is 90 percent from the audience at 67 percent and um from an old podcast i used to do we always used to look at the the flick metric score, which is like the accumulation of IMDb and Metacritic. So yeah. we'll be bringing that back here. Um, the Metacritic's or the the flick metric score seventy four percent. IMDb is seven point three out of ten, and Metacritic is seventy three percent. So it's all. I mean, yeah, it's there. There's no general divide between this movie. Like, it's a good Spider Man movie. <laughs> it's yeah. a good intro to the character for the first time on the big screen. Oh yeah. Um I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'm going to I'm just going to leave it there. Uh director Sam <laughs> Raimi, he also did um if if I missed a personal favorite of one of your movies, let me know. These are kind of my like you know, picks. The Evil Dead, The Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, The Quick and the Dead. I love that movie. I was raised on that movie. For the Love of the Game, my wife was raised on that movie. Of course, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, Drag Me to Hell, which is one of the best comedies of all time. And <laughs> he's going to direct the upcoming Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Um, so, originally, he wasn't supposed to direct this movie. Um, it was... Um, he wasn't originally supposed to direct this movie. I don't remember... I think they were looking at trying to bring James Cameron back. Oh, Jesus. I'm glad it wasn't him. Because he was supposed to do that one in the 90s with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And Leonardo DiCaprio was also looked at to be in this movie um, no, as Peter God. Parker again. So, Poor like, Leo. I, I mean, he's gotten dragged through the mud for being sp- trying to be Spider-Man. Like, he's just, he ain't, he ain't never, he's never going to see the light of day for that one. He was just Tom and, Holland like 20 years ago, basically, you know? Yeah. Um, but he just expressed so much knowledge and love for Spider-Man that they're like, all right, yeah, you direct this (laughs) essentially. And he also wrote and direct, I think he wrote it, uh, Darkman. Yeah. I like Darkman too. He really, yeah, he really likes comic book franchises and he, he created Darkman so he could direct one. I mean, and the evil dead, even though it's like like horror subgenre it's it's very comic booky you know in its own right so that that's something yeah, that, I, evil dead is my favorite horror movie franchise of like of all time oh they're so. they're great also the uh, very first episode of the series Raimi directed that as well so yeah um, yep also the love of the game which is a baseball movie with uh, Kevin Conroy um I think yeah. it's Kevin Conroy um that movie in itself feels like a um how do I say this? Like a baseball anthology, like in itself, that could fit in like a baseball comic book. Like it, it just how it is. So um, he's very, very good at that. Um, and drag me to hell. Boy, I went on a date um, back in the day with the girl um, who was trying <laughs> you took her to go see drag me to hell. Hold up. Hold up. So she was like trying to break up with this guy and she broke up with him. And uh, we went to see Drag Me to Hell because I wanted to see it. I thought it'd be a horror movie, um, but it was more or less a comedy. And um, her boyfriend like sat right next to us. It was the weirdest thing ever. Um, 
Yeah, it was awkward. <laughs> anyway, continuing. Uh, Holy th- shit. Yeah, dude. God, it was bad. Uh, the screenwriter is David Coop, uh, who did uh, Toy Soldiers, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, and the recent Mummy movie. So you got some mixed stuff there. Um, Toy Soldiers is one of my favorite movies as a kid ever. I wish they would have uh, made a sequel. Honestly, let's see. A- executive producer, you got Avio Rod, famous ah, Spider-Man owner. He's done a lot of good yeah, stuff. Can't discredit, jerk. but he's also done a lot of crap decisions, and we can criticize you for them. Oh yeah, like him ruining everything Webb wanted to do. Um, Stanley, and also Kevin Feige, who's unaccredited. Yep. He's also an executive producer on the Amazing Spider-Man films. Uh, I don't think um, Kevin Feige was actually. Is, for this movie, I think it was the first one he touched was the second one unaccredited, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, see, I just I just read these from IMDb. Oh, uh, then maybe I, I don't I don't know. I know he's definitely not credited for the second one. It's not until like the third one yeah, that he gets credited. I only know that uh, more specifically, and that's one of the reasons I put it on here is uh, I knew for the Amazing Spider-Man films he was because he had the famous. Uh, you know, Sony leak thing. Um, oh, trust that, me, I got a lot of thoughts for that when we get to the, those two movies. <laughs> so that's the only reason I put it there because I was like, oh, I'm that's surprising. Um, and then you have your low end producers. You have Ian Bryce and Lauren Siskin, and then music by Danny Elfman. We all know that guy, um, the guy who says that everybody has their one theme and that's it. He did Batman 1989, Batman Returns, Mission Impossible, When Mars Attacks, Flubber, Men in Black, Hulk, Nacho Libre, Hellboy 2, Spider-Man 1, 2, Age of Ultron, and of course, the Justice League. Oh, we don't, oh, that's funny how it ends at Age of Ultron, or whatever one you said before that one. (laughs) Yeah, Age of Ultron, which is just a weird pick. I don't know why, you know what, I didn't even know he was, uh. Didn't know um, he did the music for Age of Ultron. That's so bad because I don't even remember the score for Age of Ultron. Oh man, a lot of things for that movie. Oh, I actually think you know it's better in hindsight, but we'll get there in ten years, we'll so no there. need we'll to worry get... about it. Uh, <laughs> cinema cinematography by uh, Don Burgess. He did Forrest Gump, Spider Man, Terminator Three, Rise of the Machines, The Polar Express, The Book of Eli, The Conjuring Two, and Aquaman. So. You got some mixed bags there, too, as well. Uh, we got a lot of people doing a lot of things here. <laughs> yeah. And this and movie... No... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> no go ahead. Um, and this movie starring, of course, Tobey Maguire, Willem Dafoe, Kirsten Dunst, James Franco, Cliff Robertson, Rosemary Harris, and the infamous J.K. Simmons. I have a note here that says... and I... <laughs> So... Cliff Robertson, I'm going to let you know, he was 75 when he filmed this. And in the movie, it directly says that he was 68. (laughs) And I have a note here. I have a note here (laughs) that says, where the heck is it? Um, Peter is probably 17 or 18 by the start of this. Ben and May are in their 60s, almost 70s. Just holy crap. (laughs) Yeah, my wife, uh, when he says, he's like, May, I'm 67 years old. And she's like, you're the oldest 67-year-old I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) He was very much 75. And he cracks me up because he does have that one scene with Peter where, you know, um, I just started reading Spider-Man comics. I just want to point that out. So I haven't read all the famous ones. I've read uh, the starting with the OG run 
So I just want to point that out. When he tells uh-huh. uh, Peter, with uh, great power comes great responsibility, um, he has that amazing scene. But also when he's dying, he reminds me of what's-his-face on Family Guy. He's just like, Peter, Peter, Peter. Peter. Yeah, exactly, exactly like that. Like From he, he looked Harvard? at, hey, yeah, <laughs> he looked at him and he's like, "Bader," <laughs> gets me every time. Because like to the lead up of it, I was like, "Hey, Bader," and then my wife's like, "What are you doing?" And then he starts dying, and he's like, "Bader," and she's like, "Oh no, that's what you were talking." About. <laughs> I also uh, have, I also have a note here uh, from Uncle Ben's death. It, uh, where the heck is it? Um, oh, I said, thank God it's dark when Peter goes after Uncle Ben's killer because it's definitely 2002 CGI. Oh, yes. And what's funny is, uh, my, my TV automatically flips between like game mode, like the movie settings I have, but for some reason it was on sports setting and I had to readjust all my settings because when that scene was happening, I couldn't see anything because the brightness was so low. So I had to turn it up and I was like, Oh my God, you know, them using like the guardrail in order to like, like cover up most of the CGI when he's putting on the mask and stuff like that. I'm just like, man, Uh, but what a scene after the CGI kind of goes away. You know, he has that, uh, um, the infamous, ah, 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 like how he swings like that that noise i don't know what to call it his like that grunting weird. he's like ah, ah. i, I put know. for his first time web swinging he's really good a little too good and i said yeah same, uh, issue, same issue in the amazing spider-man <laughs> yeah i mean that would uh that's pretty hard to do i would imagine physics you know uh, that i man, would imagine toby mcguire is, is definitely doing like a lot of acrobatics when he is swinging after that car and i'm like this is you're definitely not doing this your first time. What, no, and what I, is happening here? And I think um, the uh, Spider-Man uh, Miles Morales game kind of nails that because at the beginning of the game, Miles is like stumbling over things that he's landed on, or when he's swinging, he does not look natural at all. Like he's kicking his legs and flailing and falling back. And then later, as the game progresses, when he becomes like more so Spider-Man, like naturally he starts swinging and zipping you you can tell there's like small iterations of the yeah. character through that but yeah, in yeah. this yeah it's just like straight to that also i want to point out another thing that um it's, it's one of my favorite bits in any of these movies is when he finally catches up to the killer um and he slams his head through the glass the ah, ah. yeah that, that weird that weird scream he does <laughs> Yes, pain. it's my favorite. But that glass just like dangles out of like his nose. <laughs> Did you see that? Like it's that. Just like it, like when he breaks through like the first one and he pulls him back. Like the glass is like just hanging by like his nose hair, and it, it that just looks painful. I know it's breakaway glass, but like that just looks painful regardless. Also, I want to mention that like when he finally sees his face and he has like that little flashback. I like that the guy just points the gun at him and is like, "See ya," as if like. <laughs> Yeah. He's just going to stand there and take a blow to the head. Like, why don't you just, just shoot him in the face? Just do it real fast. Just. I don't out, understand you know? why he took his mask off. I put, too many people know that Spider-Man looks, I, too many people know what Spider-Man looks like under the mask in this first movie. Oh, yeah. Like, um, when he, like, honestly, Peter in the cafeteria 
with the thing with the tray um, and the web. A couple weeks later, Spider-Man appears. Oh, Peter Parker. Beats up Flash, right? Um, yeah. At the Macy's Day. I mean, Macy's Gray um, event. Because it wasn't Macy's Day legally. So Sony had to put Macy, Macy Gray singing in there. Oh, the Community uh, World Festival? Yeah. Uh, Peter saves uh, that couple by using his web in front of God and everybody. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is what Andrew gets shit on for in the first Amazing Spider-Man movie. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, I put, are, you, are you talking about that, that suit or or in general? Just just in general. Like, uh, like, like in this movie, I don't know how you don't know who Spider-Man is, especially if you go oh, yeah, to the yeah. high school. Oh, yeah, because I, for some reason I thought you were talking about how he just gets that really good suit during that Oh, no, no, no. Like, see, that I can completely... Because that montage to me is like one of those things where you saw it as a kid and all of a sudden you wanted to draw the suit like that. Well, you yeah. Know? So I also put how the hell did he make that suit? Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't going to knock it for that because I, I tend to give these movies a little bit of a slide when it comes to that. Because how did well, Andrew make his suit and Amazing Spider-Man 2? I would love to know. You know, that's something I'll that's give uh, one of the, the, the books. Um, <sighs> read the books man uh, but uh i will give that for tom holland's series as you know really how his suit is made yeah. uh, regardless of whether you like it or not you know it, it tells you how it's made um i do <sighs> bone saw is cool we're going a little bit of everywhere oh, dude man. macho uh, man randy savage <laughs> rest in peace is a freaking boss all right he eats it, man. He's just like, you're going nowhere. I, I got, got you for three minutes. minutes. Three minutes of playtime. I, uh, and then, of course, the totally outdated joke that's a cute outfit did your husband I put dialogue has not aged well. <laughs> no, it definitely has not. <laughs> um, oh, did you know Lord. that Macho Man went by the name The Spider for a while? Uh, that was um, when he first started. That was apparently on the IMDb trivia. Oh. Uh, well, I I don't know anything about wrestling. I don't know anything about it. I just saw it and I went, oh, that's I think that cool. might have been his pre-WCW days because he was, he was a big WCW star. Um, well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know anything about Macho Man, so I don't know. I'm not that era, you know. I could tell you everything. I'm not any era. <laughs> well, I, I was raised on wrestling, you know. When I was a kid, and I heard, hey, you're going nowhere. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. But he's so oh, good he in this is. movie. Like, I'm so glad they got him to also, do it. Also, um, this was the main note I wanted to, to say, but I completely forgot about it. We're going to go everywhere, I guess. I guess that's the format. Um, okay. He has an opening monologue where he says the story isn't for the faint of heart. And... My my uh my sister, <laughs> my wife was like uh oh those two completely different things. My wife was like not for the faint of heart. It's a fucking comic book movie, and I'm like, hey, stop ruining it. <laughs> I have a note here that says, because this is absolutely 100 percent true. I once used this opening monologue, and for one of my acting classes, it did not. Oh go no, because well. it's bad writing. <laughs> I'm like, bro, yes. you don't need to open with that. Like, you really don't, you know. And we have this scene with the bus drivers, and one of the one of my critiques is over these films, and it's not really a critique. Um, 
They're all tw- they're all in. Their well, 20s. okay. I mean, the, you got Joe Meningitis, who's clearly forty five, and like like <laughs> clearly forty five. And no, my biggest problem is that with these films, and we're going to talk about it more when we get to Spider Man too, because that's my biggest issue with the film is like uh, he gets on this bus full of nerds and rejects, and he's the biggest nerd and reject, and I don't buy it. Because all these nerds are like, yeah, like not even the other kids with glasses and whatnot. That is your stereotypical yeah. comic book nerd trope. Uh, like don't even want to sit by him. But he's all like sweaty and gross. I'm like, I wouldn't want to sit by you either. You probably yeah, but at, at the same time, for me, it's like I have no reason to believe that he's that big of a nerd. You know, if anything, if anything. Um, it insinuates that he's creepy. Yeah, they don't really show that he's a scientist. Which, I mean, he kind of is creepy. There's a moment where MJ says, uh, I, I never noticed you didn't have your glasses on, and he just smiles at her. And also, you know, the second time we arrived to the bus, Peter follows her for like a mile or so, or a couple of blocks, and he she had just gotten into an argument with her father, and he's been following her this whole time, thinking of what to say to her, and just to capitalize off her emotional distress. <laughs> and like yeah that oh, is man. so it is poor timing but i mean like i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know what to yeah say. i don't i don't know that's just like some of my like problems with these movies and it's not necessarily like like the 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 framing is bad and they don't really make the, the context really obvious like they don't make it obvious that peter has been following her for blocks and blocks and blocks it's kind of like the implication like in the amazing spider-man 2 um there's a scene where it's framed where andrew spider-man is on a perch looking down on gwen stacy and then on to his right side he hears sirens and the framing is obviously that his life is being torn in two because he has to make that distinction however context is that he's spying on a woman and being creepy so it's like so it's like okay do do I look at this as a manner of like film speaking or do I look at it for like what real people would think it is? Cause if some man was following me for a couple blocks, you know, but in, in film speak, it would be that, well, Peter takes too long to make up his mind on important decisions and and distinctions. And because he's always so conflicted, he's always late. So, you know, MJ gets picked up and he has to chase down the bus. So it's like And he doesn't yeah. make it. And I mean, that's the 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 main um, problem in Spider-Man 2, you know. And that's my biggest problem with it is I don't necessarily buy that. And then we can talk about Harry all day long. Right. I like Harry's a big piece of crap in this movie. Like he's not a good human. I put here James Franco and Willem Dafoe make a perfect father-son estranged duo. <laughs> yes, they do. Because I kind of feel bad. I feel bad more so for Willem Dafoe than like, like Harry. Because this whole movie, it's like the very first thing that we really see from like Harry and Peter together is like Peter shares information with Harry, and Harry immediately uses that information to try to capitalize on a girl he knows that Peter has loved his entire life. And I'm like, dude, you're breaking bro code. That's that's a red flag. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I have actually something on that too, but I just want to say really quick, um, Willem Dafoe had stated in an interview that they tried to do the cornrows look from the comics, and I'm really oh, glad no. that they didn't. And I have a note here that literally just says 
nanotechnology yes. in 2002. Yes, I, I have the same reaction because in No Way Home, um, Doc Ock was talking about nanotechnology, and I'm like, how would you know what the hell that is? Because that's not mentioned in the movies. And then I rewatched this movie, and I'm like, oh, of course, it's right there. And it doesn't get referenced again until Infinity War. Um, Jesus. And then I also have a note here about the uh, Harry Peter thing. I put, um, I have Peter is Peter is a creep watching Harry steal MJ from him. Um, Peter points out that one ability. Peter points out the one ability that he doesn't get from the spider bite, but Miles gets it. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. It's the one where he's like, they can change their color to blend in with their environment, and I'm like. You're pointing out the one ability you'll never have. Yeah, I. But your success. Yeah, I does. caught that too, and I was just like, "Man, this movie was." I mean, I don't know if it was ahead of its time or if the writers of later movies, like, went back and just referenced it. Either way, like, there were a lot of nuggets in this movie where I was like, "Yes, yes, yes," you know. Well, because at this time, this is when the Ultimate comic books, and that's what, uh. That that's the one where Harry and Peter like are best friends from like the get go. Other than that, they're not they they don't become like friends until later later down the line. So like this and obviously like MJ's his first girlfriend or whatever in the Ultimate books. Like they're they they start dating there. Um. So like there's that there's that mix of like here's your like classic Spider Man from the books, but also here's this modern representation that's for now coming out. Here you go, read this. Also, we got an Eddie Brock reference in this movie. Yeah, they were, um, he, the yep. guys come out and actually talked about being cast as Eddie because he had like a scene. It got cut, and then they definitely recast him and don't make reference to Eddie being a thing before <sighs> that ever since. Yeah, I, I I didn't even notice that they were just it's a slight offhand comment. It's like Eddie couldn't even get pictures of of him, and I'm like, oh hey, would you look at that? Um, uh, back temporarily to my not really rant about Harry, just me. <laughs> I'm defacing him, devaluing him, if you will. Uh, not only does Harry like uh, and and I'm only pointing these things out because eventually it'll lead into my thoughts about Spider Man too. I think, honestly, this is probably the best in the trilogy of this movie. Um, that not only Harry break uh, the coveted bro code and date Mary Jane, he also, um, the theme of this movie is don't tell Harry. Um, yep. Why, why we're not telling Harry and why uh, Harry's not telling his best friend Peter that he's dating MJ, I have no idea why. And then it comes to a point where the Macy's Gray parade um, where MJ, of course, she's culturally appropriating, but I'm pushing her to the side in that moment with her dress. Um, Harry is wondering why she does not look better for his father. So he's using her as a token in order to gain her father's approval. And it's just like, man, I don't like this guy at all. So in the second movie where it's kind of like, Oh, I hate Spider-Man. It's like, I just think you, you didn't really like anybody to begin with, you know? Uh, right. I don't buy that he's Peter's best friend in this movie. I buy that there's a lot of people that take advantage of Peter in this movie, and Peter's either oblivious to it or, like, he just wants to be a better person. Like, I don't know how to describe it. it the character of Harry is just an asshole. 
and I'm just going to outright say it. He's a dick. He he takes advantage of his friend who helped him in high school to pass and graduate. Um, The guy's got uh, an estranged, like I said before, he's got an estranged relationship with his dad because he's not there. He's he, they even say in the movie, you're, you're a busy man. I understand. He's like, that's no excuse. Um, so they try to rectify that in, in the middle of the movie. But then he gets mad when MJ, a character who definitely, you can tell, does not really feel anything towards him because she definitely moves away from him when he tries to kiss her. And she doesn't know that Peter's looking at him. Also, they're a reverse shot of Peter at the very bottom. I don't understand why they had that reversed. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. But it's like she definitely doesn't want to kiss him at the the festival. And then there's there's the the bit where he doesn't defend her when he Norman very obviously yells out that she's just in it. For his money, and he should just bang her and get it over with. Uh, it, she's she's very plainly used as like a plot device, and and it's not to knock Kier- Kirsten Dunst or anything like that, but like the character of MJ in these movies just sucks. Oh yeah. She's she I think she's the worst thing about these movies. Like I think for Spider-Man 2 you really have to buy cuz Spider-Man 2 is ultimately about Peter. That's why the majority of the movie is Peter deciding what he wants and like in order for me to believe that I have to believe that his defining interest which is MJ um that she's a believable character in which I would give up being Spider-Man for and Yeah. <laughs> More so, I'm leave, left wondering, like, why are you still talking to her? Why like, Why you do know, you even have feelings for this woman? She, yeah, she's pretty, but, like... And I she, mean, she, she, they even have her in a brawlette in the pouring rain just yeah. to see her nipples. Like this, this character does absolutely nothing. And they gave a lot of, like, character beats from, like, Gwen Stacy in the comic books to her. And I'm like, why are why are you doing this? Why why are you why? <laughs> he probably should have just kept with like the OG comics and just had his first love interest be Betty Brant. Well, see that's you know that's the thing. Like in the books, MJ's a total badass. She'll like shoot a guy. <laughs> like she'll take a gun and she'll shoot a man. Uh. Or she'll shoot. In she'll shoot movie, the bad guy. Like where? Where is this character? I want to see this version. In this movie, she screams for forty-five minutes. Like, man, oh man, it's like I, I, uh, I just don't believe. And I, you know, you know, when you talk about film, you got to talk about would a normal person in real life like do this? You know, is it natural? Right. It's just it's talk about film. She's not a nat- she's not natural like human. Like she has no characteristics. Um she's literally the the like blonde bimbo but with red hair and like she's with this guy who's a who's a jerk but he has money. Yet there's there's a scene with them in the alleyway that that's actually a really good scene. I'll I'll hand it there. Like it shows that Peter's paying attention to MJ and that 
MJ, well, somebody's actually paying attention to her, you know, because Flash doesn't, her dad doesn't. But she's definitely not paying attention when Peter literally five minutes before says, I was in the neighborhood, and then Spider-Man goes, I was in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, no, Uh, no, definitely. But, you know, they redo that scene in Spider-Man 2, and I think in Spider-Man 2 it's just... Oh man, the ball's fumbled. I think it's like one of the worst scenes in the movie because it like reiterates everything I hate about MJ and these everything I hate about MJ in these movies. Excuse my child. I don't know why he is on a bicycle. Um, <laughs> Jesus. So I I just think in these movies like MJ is just just the worst thing and I think, you know, and it's and it's not just MJ too. Like it's all women because like um Oh, what's her name? I love her so much. She's so awesome. She just directed that episode of Book of Boba Fett. Bryce Dallas Howard? Uh, what's that? Bryce Dallas Howard? Yes, Dallas Bryce Howard. Uh, I love her. Like, as uh, Emma... Uh, not Emma Stone. <laughs> yes, as Emma Stone. As no, Gwen as Stacey. Um, Gwen Stacy. Jesus. Like, I love her as Gwen Stacy, but because she's attractive, not because she has a personality. Like, I think Betty Brandt has the most personality out of all of them. Like, her interactions with J. Jonah Jameson are great. But also in Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3, there are, like, some up-close zoom shots of, like, screaming women. And that's all it is. Yeah. And, you know, that was Raimi's directing style. And it's just so off-putting because I'm like, okay, so women aren't, characters in these movies they're just falling debris they're you know plot points so yeah i just i i hate watching it man i anything with mj in this movie is tolerable until the third act and man her screaming uh i watched this as a 5.1 dolby surround sound and all i heard was "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) my god oh (sighs) jeez oh that must have been brutal Oh, it was brutal. Um, my wife and then made a backhand comment that was like, I've watched this movie five times since No Way Homes came out, and I haven't changed my mind on it. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, just, she she like, enjoy does it. not like Tobey Maguire, right? Despite no, that. she hates Tobey Maguire. She thinks he's a creep, and uh, like she said, she made this comment. She was like, if I ever saw him in public, I would run away from him. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, come on, like. You know, every time he does something creepy or stupid, she points it out. Like in Spider-Man 2 where he goes, oh boy, yeah. She's like, nobody would say that. Nobody would say that. Stop. Oh boy, you know, yeah. but oh boy, yeah. Um. So yeah, Harry's a shit human being. Um, should we talk about the best part of this movie or do you have any Oh, um, are you talking about J.K. Simmons in every single part that he's in? <laughs> uh what is what does he say um uh slander is spoken uh, um, libels printed yeah <laughs> also think... also throwing in that same scene he throws his cigar out the window and it's thrown back and you have oh Gobby he doesn't throw sleep. it out he, it doesn't i don't think it ever actually goes out the window i was watching it and it definitely dinks the freaking metal frame of the window <laughs> you want to talk about another error or mistake there's a scene where um, Peter had just recently been clipped by the bike messenger and still to this day I don't know what a bike messenger is but uh, maybe it's like a literal person on a bike who literally sends messages I still don't know every time I hear that I'm like I don't know what that is I'm just going to go with it Um, they they hear him upstairs right he's on the roof 
or the ceiling of the room. If you look on his back, there's you could see the harness holding him up. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, there, there's another thing like that too. Um, where they didn't get rid of it in in the shot. It there's a uh, that scene from the World Unity Day, or the whatever the festival when he swings up MJ up to that rooftop. Oh yeah. Uh, if you look, if you look when they're talking, when he goes, hold on, don't mind her. She just needs to use the elevator or whatever. He has the mechanical web shooters that they originally developed for that movie on, on his suit. Oh no. (laughs) Because, and they got, they, he has the mechanical web shooters that they originally were going to use. And I think that's freaking hilarious. I don't think you can watch it. I think you can only see it in, in full screen. I think they, the widescreen blu-ray version cuts it off probably something i gotta google then but like it's definitely there uh what else there's something also that rooftop they use the same rooftop or the same set design no bull no bull um that same set design in an episode of daredevil where wilson fisk is talking to the um the Talking, he's yes. talking to Madame Gao, right? Like you, you look at it; it's literally yeah. identical. And I'm just like, yes, yeah. man, connectivity, you know, makes me excited. Ah, oh. um, but no, I wasn't, I wasn't referring to J.K. Simmons. But we can talk about how that was probably the best casting ever made, ever. Period. Dot ever. Do you want to hear um, some alternate castings that could have been for J for J.J.? Oh boy, yeah. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> Um, according to IMDb, uh, list of trivia, you can go on there yourself if you ever want to go on there. The Some actors considered to play J. Jonah Jameson included R. Lee Ermey, Hugh Laurie. Oh, God. Uh, Harv Presnell? I don't know who that is. Uh, Dennis Farina, Michael Keaton, Fred Ward, oh, no. and Bill Paxton. I think R. Lee Ermey would be like a second runner-up, but I still don't think he'd even come close to J.K. Simmons. Arlie Ermy, I think, would have done a really good job. Oh, yeah. If they would have used him in, like, the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, because, like, that little text message or the little email in Amazing Spider-Man 2 where it's like, wrong. Like, I still picture J.K. Simmons. Oh, yeah, I do, too. (laughs) I I absolutely do. I believe J.K. Simmons is is J. Jonah Jameson throughout every Spider-Man universe. He's the only one who should be Every allowed to. Every lot past Nicholas Hammond. Now they got Alex Jones, J. Jonah Jameson. Like, come on. It's perfect. Like, just have different iterations of him every single, like, movie or something. And it's perfect. Apparently, Stan Lee has also said that he wanted to always play J. Jonah Jameson and even audition for the role, but it was determined that he wasn't right for the part. And then Lee went on to compliment jk simmons very highly for his portrayal no i you know every time i think of stanley i think of tony stank and that's all i think about um because that's my favorite cameo i think of, of willie lumpkins from the fantastic four movies oh man i haven't see i haven't seen those movies in like 20 years so i, I just watched them the other day oh no i love them oh, no oh no <laughs> i'll quote my son oh no oh, no no um there's also so Sorry, my nostrils. I'm I'm sicker today than I was yesterday. Surprise. <laughs> um, 
So when he does throw that cigar, uh, Willem Dafoe, that he's the best part of the movie. Oh, like yeah. he has a scene where he's acting to himself, and it's absolutely brilliant. Like man, and it flows into No Way Home so spectacularly because the man doesn't age. Like um, there's a line in No Way Home that I say over and over here at home, and it's where he's like, uh, "Strong enough to have it all, too weak to take it." Like, ah. Man, the dude chews up scenery, like him acting in the mirror and uh, like him acting to himself is so freaking good. But then I do have some just funny nitpicks because oh, when yeah, he's acting it. outside of the suit, he's phenomenal. He's he's it. Oh, and yeah. in No Way Home, we saw that. Like they were like, get rid of the mask. Let Willie be Willie. Like when Tom Holland's beating the crap out of him and he's just laughing like, oh, man. I would have loved to seen that in this movie, like where that brutal fight at the end. If William just like Willem took the that the the mask off and was just fighting him like that, man. See, I have a note here that says I still love the Goblin design and helmet despite Defoe's expressive face. <sighs> I hate that I can see his mouth through it. <laughs> like, there's a there's a part in the Macy's Day Parade or whatever the hell. Um. Where he puts his hand up and he goes, I surrender. Or, um, yeah. No, actually, it's when Spider Man threw a punch at him. He says something. What does he say? Impressive. <laughs> yeah, his mouth doesn't move at all. It's ad lib. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, there's a lot of that stuff where they, they, they do that. They'll, they just dubbed over the parts. Um, because when he's oh, on the bridge, man. they do that too. You don't see his mouth move, but you hear him go, ah. Yeah, this isn't over, Spider Man. But when, when he does. My favorite line in the whole movie probably is sleep. And then he gets them to that rooftop and he's giving them his speech about how people will eventually turn on him, which never comes to fruition because that's just not a thing. I don't even know why this is a subplot trying to get Spider-Man to join him. It doesn't make sense to me. But uh, (laughs) there's a part where he's like, one thing everybody loves to see more than anything is to see a hero fail fall. It's like he messed up the line, but like regained his composure and totally owned it. <laughs> I don't know if that was the line reading, because if that was the line reading, then that's just bad. No, because he um, goes the the one thing the one thing they love to see more than a hero is to see a hero fail, fall, die trying. Because despite everything that you've done for them, eventually they will hate you. I think that's that's a better monologue than the opening monologue. Well, it's the way it's delivered because he's like, he's like the one thing people love to see more than whatever is like to see a hero fail fall. That's like the way he delivers it. So I'm like, did you mean to mess up there? Or did somebody just put a comma there and you didn't read it as if it was a comma or did they put fail and fall together? I don't know, but it always like catches me off guard. Cause I'm like, I don't know if that was a mistake or not, but I don't. I, I, I like to it. believe it wasn't. Um, I just have a really. I laugh every time. I have a really weird, fascinating love for Willem Dafoe because he's from Appleton. He's great. And I'm, tell me you love my lobster. <laughs> I love the lighthouse. the lighthouse. I love the lighthouse. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, I just have a really weird fascination and and love for Willem Dafoe. And a lot of it comes because he's from Wisconsin, and I I live in Wisconsin. I was born and raised, so I oh god, I he has a home. He he grew up 40, 40, 50 miles away from my house, or away from where I am. No, not way more than that. Forty fifty minutes away from where I I live. 
I totally get it, man. Like Matthew Stafford's from, you know, Highland Park in Texas. Like I get it, man. Like I hope he wins the Super Bowl. It's just I love to see I love to see Wisconsin people succeed because you don't you don't hear about them a lot cuz we don't have like we can't we don't have a film tax incentive. So not a lot of stuff gets filmed here. But like when it does, it's weirdly how I I just I love seeing things like I hey I know that place uh I've been there uh this is my state it's that weird like home pride I think there's only like one um there's only one scene that I can be like in any movie that I'm like oh I know where that's at really and it's um in the movie Armageddon there's a when the asteroid is over Earth and everybody's poking out of their homes like, oh, it's about to hit Earth, right? Um, there's a shot in a in a like a rural downtown, and that was the downtown of my hometown, which is kind of cool. But that's like really it. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, you know, we have TV shows like Dallas, but I can completely understand that because I completely forgot Wisconsin was a state until later in my life. Like, like well, Minnesotans are like they're like I'm from Minnesota. And I'm like, ah. And then I think I went in the military and somebody was like, I'm from Wisconsin. And I'm like, where? That's a state? Uh, <laughs> wait, are you sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that? I've never met anybody from Wisconsin. Um, well, here I am. Also, I want to, I have a couple more notes. So when uh, Aunt May saying her prayer, right? When she oh. says trespass, right? She says trespass. So she's like, it's just they, so, it, that's like that dia- dialect, state dialect from thing, wherever you you grow up. Finish it. Finish it. Um, I have a note here from the hospital. I have Peter and MJ in hospital is one of the worst things in this franchise, and that includes the character of New Goblin and Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, and Aunt May waking up to like be like. I don't even know why she's waking up in that moment, considering she doesn't know who Spider-Man is. You know what I'm saying? Because that seems yeah. really about Spider-Man. Yeah. I, also, Tobey Maguire's weird speech of like, uh, I'm when I look at you, I feel happy, and then at the same time, I also <laughs> feel excited and maybe horny, but also sad and <sighs> <sighs> boobies. You know, it's, oh, and that's that that determines the man I want to be, Spider Man. And it's, that's what I it's, told him. It's so weird because she's like, I have a crush, and they're like, Oh, and you know, it's Spider Man. And he's like, Well, you know, I had to talk with Spider Man about you. And she's like, You know, I know him. And you're like, What, God bro? What? And it's like, Well, he, yeah, he knows you. He knows you by your first name. Um, I don't know how he knows that, but um, this no, no, is. No. Uh, wait, wait. When Peter's saying I, I kind of know him is the same thing as a kid that you grew up with saying, yeah, I have such and such an item. My dad works at the company or and really I have like a bunch of them in my garage and you're just a pathological liar. Or is the same thing as saying, actually, it wasn't my dream at all. It was a friend of mine's dream. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, my God. So, but yeah. Yeah. And it's like. It's like, well, you know, Spider-Man says blah, blah, blah. And then they hold hands, and I'm like, what the, what is going on? Are you being cucked, like, to keep it PG, are you being cucked by Spider-Man? What's going on here? Is this, like, some weird love triangle? What What's the deal here? Ah, and <laughs> there comes Harry. 
What a in sad his, sack. In his full-on black hair. Oh, my God. You know, my wife made an observation because she's a... Uh, first off, she said Aunt May's fashion is absolutely terrible because who's going to have a um, a coat with the same style of fashion as her blouse? Um, because it's literally the same design. And then when Willem Dafoe was acting against, like, the burgundy wood and the, the seat design and, like, uh, the... the ah, damn it, what is it called? Everything that's there, like what he's wearing, matches the background. So she was like, that's perfect. And when Harry came into the scene, he was wearing black and Willem was wearing black. And they kind of kind of matched with the burgundy. And she was like, ah, oh, that's that's good set design. And she was just loving it. <laughs> she was just loving it. She's like, the scheme, the color scheme was so good. Also, in that hospital, um, what was it? That right before then is when Willem is talking to the mask that's on the chair. And as soon as that's over, Peter wakes up because Way May wakes him up. And right before then, there's like this transition that implies that Spider-Man was dreaming about Green Goblin, but nothing in the scene kind of portrays that. There's like this quick... Yeah, some of the editing in this movie is a bit... Uh, oh, it's terrible. A bit janky. Ooh. Um, you can definitely tell there was like stuff cut. Yeah. So I... Who knows? <laughs> like, I, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, how does this transition affect the scene that, that comes after, if it does at all? And I'm just like, if anything, that kind of confused me. Like, I kind of, I think the when he gets bit by the spider and he has all the, like, horror film flash cuts, like, I think those just are terrible. But oh, they make some sort of sense within the context. Like, I can see being horrified. Um, yeah, but you know, really quick about uh, Peter getting bitten by the spider. We're going to go way back to the beginning. (laughs) Peter gets, I have Peter gets bitten, but decides to go home because he lives in America and the, and the health, the health insurance does not cover this. (sighs) Jesus. There, there also, there's some puns in this Not to get political. Well, you know, it's very, uh, it's true. Um, he, oh man, here, I have no comment on that. But I will say there's a pun in that moment, where where uh, Aunt May is like, "Would you would you want a bite to eat?" And he's like, "No, had I a had bite. a bite," and I'd never heard that before. And I was just like, "Oh my god!" Because I'm rewatching Pokemon with my son right now, and the amount of Team Rocket puns there are is just yeah out of this world. So now my ear, every time it hears a pun, is like. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. This movie's definitely your 2002 campiness because all the comic book movies that were coming out at this time, like your Blades, your your X Men, your your not Batman and Robin movies, were were like, nah, comic book movies could be could be cool and and edgy and 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 everything else. Like uh, Batman and Robin mo- ruined the comic book movie tropes because of being a comic book. Because Literally. people hated that movie, and X Men are wearing all black leather and and whatnot. Hugh Jackman, blah, blah, blah. straight face. Hugh, Hugh Jackman, straight face, who was also supposed to be in this movie, but they couldn't get access to his X Men costume. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but like this movie, like in- reintroduced you to like the bright colors and the campiness and 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 the wh- whatever else, and it's just like, yeah, that's that's what makes it good compared to the other ones. Like that's what makes it. A step above, in my opinion. 
Like yeah. it's willing to embrace all these like extra features that like X-Men and Blade and and uh, whatever else came out before this like that that succeeded that succeeded Batman and Robin like there was a big lull for a while there of like Batman movies cuz like the last one came out in 97 the next one came out in 05 like that was almost a 10 year gap yeah but like other than that they're like yeah we're 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 a comic book but we're too we're not going to say it's a comic book Ugh. what do we want to do that for yeah, it's like nerds. literally the the Dark Knight trilogy is literally about having a Batman movie and then literally not being Batman. Like, you know, yeah. from the perspective of like, we want this to be a film, not a Batman movie, you know, which is just silly. Like, I appreciate that the Batman, even though it has some of those film, even though it is a film, because it's the guy who made the Planet of the Apes trilogy, um, it's still going to embrace some of the comic bookness, not necessarily yeah. campiness, but it's it's a comic book movie, like yeah, honestly. But you know that's one thing I don't like about these movies, and like when people like if you, if you like the campiness, that it's completely fine, of course. But like for me, I feel like um, I feel like the campiness really takes away sometimes from the human emotion. Uh, it doesn't have to be like. Like, people overuse the word dark, you know, to describe the Dark Knight trilogy or the Amazing yeah. Spider-Man. And that's silly to me because, well, you know, if if your parents have died and your uncle gets shot in the middle of the street and you watch him slowly bleed out in front of you, like, that's pretty dark. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I feel right. like some of the campiness kind of takes away from that human emotion and in terms of over-exaggerating certain features. That's why, like... You know, when I went and watched The Amazing Spider-Man in theaters, like, why I fell in love with it personally, because I'm like, wow, you know, I I feel the human emotion. That and Andrew Garfield's so great, and that's why, like, some of the MCU films I love so much, because it puts kind of character before everything else, and whether or not the movie's good or not, it, it, it has a ton of character, and... You know, so that, you know, that's something I appreciate about, like, the, the, the campiness of movies is, like, it's kind of shown the audience maybe this isn't the best, but at least these right. are comic book movies, you know? Yeah, and what's really, like, what's really cool about this movie is, like, towards the end, this movie obviously was filmed during 2001, um, and the the tragedy that was the the 9/11 event really affected you know the country as a whole but the marketing for this movie had to change drastically because there was like an ad that had like the twin towers in it and it got pulled like straight away like it only aired like once or twice um and like this there's a theme at the end of the movie where like Spider-Man is is meant to be like this character that's trying to like bring New York together and like um it like bring out the good in in people and like that really shows at the bridge fight when he's holding that that big yeah. that big car you mess with one of us car. you mess with all of us yeah and i have a note here i says there's no way that goblin got hit while under that bridge um <laughs> but it's good to see that people are coming together <laughs> yeah um it's not like uh Oh, man, I hate the comparisons. Like you see it in Spider Man too as well. And um 
like my favorite still, even though it's kind of cheesy, is like the Amazing Spider-Man where, you know, he saves that crane operator's kid and later on in the film, he literally needs them in order to get to Oscorp Tower. Like that's personally my favorite. But the, the through line through all of these movies, especially with 9-11, is that sense of unity because they cannot escape the American flag in any of these movies because in a sense, like Spider-Man became that like, patriotic like symbolism that uh kind of mm-hmm. lacked in that moment that was that yeah. was that wasn't as divisive politically you know um like i mean we we had a ton of movies that had like uh something to do with 911 but it was always like like biased in order to like yeah. portray a certain view politically but these spider-man movies were just like no it's cool to just be together you know mhm it's something I appreciate about him. Yeah, which leads to one of the most brutal fights at the end of a comic book movie. Oh, I love um, it. It's very that is, that is by far that is the Evil Dead Sam Raimi cinematography coming out. Um, because that he takes a grenade to the face, bro. Like, and you know what's crazy is like No Way Home. I didn't think they'd do it. Is when. Gobby and Tom Holland were fighting. I did not think that they would incorporate that level of brutality again in a fight. I'm so glad that they and did. And they did. And they did. And I loved it, man. I just, yeah, this fight is one of my favorite fights in just comic book movies in general. Um, all the way to him getting thrown through the wall, taking grenades to the face. Um, <laughs> funny enough, trying to web Gobby up just to get kicked in the gut. And then, you know, to come to the finalization where it's like, I've treated you like a father. Now be a son to me. And he finally, you know, gets over himself. And he's like, I had a father. His name was Ben Parker. All the way to Godspeed, Spider-Man. You know, like, ah, all of it's so good. Stabbed in the balls. Oh, right in the bladder, dude. And then he's like, and then he's like, don't tell Harry. You know, and I'm like, "What (laughs) what the hell is up with this? Don't tell Harry crap. He's a grown. He's a grown person. <laughs> yeah, he's a man in his twenties. <laughs> but no, I I really appreciate the brutality. Like you mentioned, like way earlier about how this was. Um, you really loved this first suit, and I loved how this first suit looks being torn apart. Honestly, I really, I really yeah, like, like. I I just love that. Like physically, he's like being torn into. Um, and that Gobby is just taking it to him. Like there, there's no constraints. And I feel like, I feel like we could have had more of this and it kind of, it's frustrating that we didn't have more of this. And instead we, you know, spent time on, will you join me Spider-Man or not? You know? Yeah. It also starts the trope of Tobey Maguire screaming in these movies Ah! where he does like that weird, like that kind of (laughs) scream as he's swinging. And that, that is by far. I get it. He's he's trying to beat the bad guy. He doesn't understand. Like he doesn't know it's Norman Osborn at this point yet. Yeah. But it's just like they recycle it for Spider Man too. My I'm favorite. Like, Why? My favorite Why is Spider Man uh, three when he gets snipped by the blade and there's that quick cut shot of him going ah. It's <laughs> my favorite one. I just. I, I love this movie as a whole. This movie is, is just so pure and it's so like campy and comic booky. Like 
it's what needed to happen to revitalize like what we have today in terms of like Marvel movies and and whatnot. But like, there's a lot of flaws in it too. <laughs> oh yeah, and I think you know, especially Twitter, like, like y'all can love like love this movie and it sounds like I crapped on it the whole time and I really didn't I just felt like I had to really illustrate my flaws with this one because the flaws I had with this one are kind of the flaws I had with the next one because Sam Raimi has this thing where he likes to redo the same movie or redo similar scenes to kind of not necessarily have a juxtaposition but like to actually make it better the second time so like you know, some people can argue that the Evil Dead 2 is basically the Evil Dead 1, just, you know, maybe a bit better. Um, and, like, some of the, the problems I had with this fil- film are amplified tenfold the next film. Like, right. I will just, like, say one line from the next movie, and that kind of sums up my whole feelings about the movie, which is I've been reading poetry. And I had a fun time watching this movie, and I think it's fun. Like, you know, I, but yeah, this is, this is by far probably my favorite. If, if not my, it's, it's, it's up there. It depends on the day. It's, it's either my second favorite or my, my favorite, uh, Spider-Man movie from the, from this trilogy. Yeah, it's mine but, too. And I mean, um, like I'm more so like I can advocate for Spider-Man three a little bit more. Cause I feel like. Honestly, like I think it fits Tobey Maguire better. Like some, like the way the movie is. Like the first half of the movie is like honestly really good, and there's some humanizing moments. You know, they they kind of they kind of cut the campiness short for the first half of the film and really sit with Peter and talk with Peter as a human. And the second yeah. part of half of the movie is where it gets campy. Um, so, you know, it, depending on what the day is, like I could say this one or Spider-Man 3 are my favorite. I get uh, like Spider-Man 2 is like everybody's favorite, but honestly, I, I don't like it at all. Um, but I actually love this movie after No Way Home. I adored this movie even more. And I honestly can't yeah. wait to see what Spider-Man 2 is like, like post No Way Home. Like honestly. Yeah, I did a thread on Twitter when – the No Way Home hype was, like, really high, and, like, right before it came out in theaters, I did, like, I watched everything, like, Spider-Verse related, and, and like, all the live-action movies, and I just, I just fell in love with this movie, like, all over again, because I hadn't watched it in a really long time since then, and now it's only been, like, two months since I've seen it again, and I'm like, this movie is, this movie's good. I don't, I don't, yeah. I think it's really great. Oh, yeah, I agree, definitely, and that's why I've made my wife watch it, like, ten times with me, because... <laughs> She, I mean, like, she's under, like, you know, she can sometimes be, like, I get that people like what they like, but sometimes people can be a little closed-minded or a little bit um, uh, hesitant on liking something they just haven't liked before because of yep. whatever. And, you know, I've tried to be like, well, listen, you know, this is, uh, the reason it's so campy is because it's taken the identity of the comic book movie by the balls and it's really just made it its really own genre, like. Technically, if yeah, you want to exactly. get if you want to get technical, like like this is the first comic book movie in the in the truest sense. Like you could argue that, and she's like, yeah. "I don't care. I hate Tobey Maguire." I'm like, "My God, woman! Like, uh, I love you." But she was she was like, "When the Andrew Garfield Spider Man come on, I can watch that. I'll watch that. I love Andrew Garfield." You know, because when we watched No Way Home, she actually cried when <laughs> Andrew Garfield came on screen, and I'm like, "I, I did too." <laughs> <laughs> oh god i love that man i want amazing spider-man 4 like right now 
But yeah, no, honestly, I love I love these movies post No Way Home. I feel like it's given it a new life. Um, I feel like it's injected some much needed, not necessarily levity, but some weight to it. You know that we're get we got something after this trilogy, and we might get yeah, more. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's just so pure. That's all. I, that's all I have to say. It's like it's just so pure. Yeah, it is, and you know, um, like yeah, man, just saying, just knowing we might get uh, Spider Man, you know, in the multiverse of madness, or or what have you. Or, those rumors, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Raimi. I mean, that, and Secret I, Wars apparently. Yeah, so I could see that. We'll man. have to see. You know, and uh, I would love to see if, like, the results of No Way Home come back here to this world and, you know, we we see what Toby's doing. But, you know, I'm really excited for Spider-Man 2 and Spider-Man 3 because um, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, I, you know, my thoughts on the movie will stay in the bag until we get to that movie. And, oh, like, shoot. We got to cover the Venom movies, too, in this. Yeah. Um, oh, which, snap. Which that'll here come right go. before No Way Home, right? Like chronologically yeah. yeah and let there be carnage it's implied that um the symbiote's a hive mind um yeah. which makes sense of why he would know who you know spider-man is um, yeah because of spider-man oh, this 3 is just this is gonna be a great go through I, I can't wait to keep going on these i'm so excited i'm so excited like uh like the raimi movies i'm kind of like man on like but i can't wait until we start getting into like like stuff stuff you know what i mean like yeah even deadpool too because deadpool is eventually going to be kind of pulled in i mean they even had the commercial with like a uh, korg and deadpool with taco yep. Titi. oh man imagine that crossover it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what the future of both this podcast and uh the, the mcu as a whole is gonna dish out yeah, definitely. So, like, go on Twitter and, you know, subscribe to MCU on repeat or follow, not subscribe. Well, you could re- leave us a review on Spotify. They have that now. You could re- leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I think in the description below, we'll have our separate Twitter handles. Mine is always ongoing because my ADHD has my interests change constantly and all the time. The only thing that's actually stayed, like, literally stayed the same level are probably MCU movies because... I've changed so much in my room every single year. And the only thing that's like stayed the same is my MCU still books on the wall with my art. That's never moved. If you picture those a couple of times. Yeah. That's, that's like the one thing that hasn't changed. So I'm really, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Like, man, Oh, I mean, we're also going to be covering the shows too. Um, I don't know in what capacity or how we're going to do that, but, um, I think, I mean, we've talked about episode by episode, um, would right. would probably be easier, but you know, there's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of episodes. So you know, most people do them by season, but again, that's a lot of episodes. <laughs> right. It's we'll we'll figure it out. We'll get we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. So I mean, the next episode will of course be Spider Man, two, uh, the worst Spider Man movie. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the one people consider the best. So with Doc Ock. All right. Uh, 
If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at TheBlaine96. And Ty, what's your handle again? Um, uh, It's going to... Oh, man. You know what? Just uh, just follow the uh, MCU on repeat because my handle... Do on, that too. My handle on my personal is a little everywhere right now. I'm trying to come up um, with a name. Actually, you know what? You can follow me at McGuire's Daddy. I want to change it right now. McGuire... <laughs> <laughs> if if let me see if it's available, um, because I <laughs> McGuire's daddy. You can follow me at McGuire's daddy. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Literally just changed it. That was not planned or rehearsed. <laughs> but again, if y'all enjoy this episode or whatever, interact with us or um, uh, leave a review on Spotify. You can do that. Um, we can also post Q and A's if that's something you're interested in polls, um, Apple, uh, podcast too. Um, I don't know when this episode will drop or we're going to release the first three episodes of the Raimi verse first, but right. And if you have a different opinion than us, don't worry. We also agree with your opinion because opinions are validated most of the time. Oh yeah, definitely. Like if you think these are the greatest movies since baked ham, I mean, that's, completely fine um i i have nothing like if you tell me hey i don't like your opinion on this movie i'm gonna just be like okay (laughs) like i mean i that's valid it's your opinion i don't care you know like you know it's like if somebody was like i don't like the rise of skywalker okay i'm gonna go watch it now like (laughs) (laughs) this is not gonna stop me any like (laughs) i don't i don't get people like that but yeah, if you if you follow, if you review, if you subscribe, we'd greatly appreciate it. Um, something, something, something. Um, exiting statement, or I don't know. We haven't figured out one yet. Uh, just you know, stay tuned for next week, you guys. We're gonna have another one. Oh boy, yeah. Oh boy, yeah. Well, next. That's how we, we're gonna end it. Wait, next time is pizza time. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> that's just how we're gonna end it. <laughs>